right, welcome everyone to another uh, podcast with League of Dennis. Today we are here with John and uh, Wendy Briggs with uh, Hygiene Diamonds and the Team Training Institute. Welcome, Wendy. Hi, thanks. Hey, Wendy. Hello, Dr. John. How are you? I'm doing awesome. And you? Good. Good. It's a Very good day. Good. Where are you joining us from today, Wendy? Uh, we're in Utah today, so at the home fort, which is awesome. Excellent. So, uh, Wendy, Wendy is a real war road warrior. She uh, she travels a lot. Probably more Don't... than I really want to at this point, but hey, you know, it is what it is. So we try to make the most of it, right? But I, like yeah. I said, I'm happy to be uh, broadcasting from home today. Yeah, excellent. So you and John have known each other for a while. Yeah, we have. Tell yeah. us a little about that. Well. Uh, Wendy was working with a, a practice that I knew very well and they were having wonderful results and so the practice uh, was one of my original group of guys that really got together and helped each other build our practices and he said boy you gotta have Wendy in your office and so we had her come out and uh, she did amazing things we had a large and relatively sophisticated hygiene department already and when she came out there was really pretty incredible growth um, we were up uh, 40, I always forget the number, Wendy, but you remember it because it probably was, uh, um, you know, it was it was a really fantastic result. We were up like $40,000 a month in hygiene. Wow. Yeah. The very uh, first was, month. Right, the very first month. Then I think a few months after that you hit your record, which was $195,000, uh, which yep. is maybe the highest still that it's been it uh, since then. So. Yep. Our structure has changed and how we count the dollars has changed a little bit so we, we, we don't have a good way of comparing numbers to numbers but uh, but those were gr gross production numbers and it was really, it, it was absolutely incredible. It was incredible to see how the team all got on board, everybody got together and really made it happen. So it was uh, our hygiene providers that did a great job but it was also the support team and the doctors that did as well. Absolutely. You know, we just teach the concepts and then it is up to the team to implement and they did a fantastic job of that. Yeah. Awesome. So Wendy, what's your story? How'd you get into hygiene and how'd you get into coaching and where you're at now? Well, gosh, you know, um, I, I kind of just happened into dentistry. Uh, it just happened to be a friend of our family that needed some help after school when I was in high school. So I went and started kind of learning, if you will, the trade and, and uh, gradually moved from uh, grunt worker to you know from the filing position at the front into learning how to actually assist the doctor and so I did that for a number of years before I, I went to hygiene school determined that that would be a good profession for me and and uh, as I started working in the trenches in dentistry I realized that not everybody practiced hygiene the way we did and uh, when I started filling in for some friends and and um, I guess having exposure outside my own little world um, there were plenty of people who tried to hire me away because we were so productive and we had figured out a, a few different models uh, of how to serve our patients better that were also very productive. So it just kind of naturally happened. Um, all it took was for a, a few times I would say, no, you know, I'm happy where I am to, I'm not going to come work for you, but I can teach your hygienist to do what we're doing. And it just kind of exploded, evolved from there. That was about 12 years ago that really uh, began. And uh, Dr. Meese and I, I believe I first came to your office in the, the early spring of 2009. So um, after our experience in, in helping his hygiene take off, I started working with a lot of the members in his group. And then uh, was it about two years ago? I don't even remember. 
Exactly, but it hasn't been all that long that we've kind of joined forces and we've realized that by approaching the hygiene department as well as the doctor productivity and some of the systems in the office, we see a, a, almost a literal explosion of growth and productivity. So it's been a great, great ride so far. Awesome. All right, John, so what are we going to talk about today? Well, first, uh, Jeremy, I have a question for you. As you know, I, I, I like to throw out an occasional joke. Do <laughs> you know what the dentist of the year gets? What do they get? They get a little plaque. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's a good one. That was not bad. Thank you. That's probably better good. than the, the last couple. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So I thought, Wendy, what would be interesting today would be to talk about, uh, you know, one of the core things that you teach, and that is that there are three roles that, that dental hygiene departments um, have w within the dental team. So I wonder if you could pick one of those three roles and uh, talk about the three roles and then pick one and we'll go into detail on it. You bet. Yeah. Um there's a lot of hygiene consultants, hygiene speakers out there that, that focus on how to increase profitability and productivity from hygiene. And when you delve a little bit deeper into the program, they all have some fairly basic things in common, and most of them focus on perio or soft tissue management. And, you know, I think one thing that's unique about us that sets us apart is that we focus on a lot more than just that component. That is a vital component. In fact, it's one of the three roles. But as you mentioned, you know, we, we do focus on three clearly uh, distinct roles for hygiene departments to truly maximize if they want to increase their impact in the practice. So those three roles are a preventive therapist, periodontal therapist, and that of a patient treatment advocate. So all three roles put together uh, really, in my opinion, produce world-class providers. So what we've seen is, is each role... Um, is completely different than the others and all they, they do have some things in common and that is they all provide a much higher level of service to the patient which ultimately at the end of the day is what um, we hope all dental professionals are looking for is, is how to serve their patients better so um, that's a, a great suggestion let's go ahead and start talking about uh, our role as a preventive therapist because I think that is one that when we focus on that role, we are able to see a very powerful and immediate impact on productivity. It doesn't take much at all to see a really nice increase. Um, there's a practice that, that we've both been working together uh, for some time. You know, it's interesting because they had one of our coaches come spend just one day in their practice several years ago. And uh, we just met up with them again over the weekend and, and uh, they expressed interest in, in what we're currently doing and they shared some of their numbers with us and again this is one day of our coach in the, in the practice really focusing on this role preventive services more than anything else and uh, last year their hygiene department produced 1.4 million dollars now keep in mind that is more than one hygiene provider but when we tar start talking about million dollar hygiene departments it is possible. It's possible if we're maximizing the role of preventive therapists because these are services that many of our patients desperately need. Uh, they may or may not be covered by insurance. So it all comes down to just giving our patients the opportunity and letting them know what's available. There's a really great quote by Steve Jobs, and that is, it's not the customer's job to know what they want. And when it comes to preventive services, I think often patients don't understand 
the full menu of services that could potentially benefit them. You know, many of our patients express frustration at always having a problem with their teeth, bad teeth run in my family. You know, I can't tell you how many times patients have said over the years, no matter what I do, I brush, I floss, and I always still have a problem. So many of our patients are very interested and engaged in making things better, turning things around. But it's, again, something we don't usually have as a part of our everyday service um, lineup in, in hygiene. So we talk uh, with hygiene providers about some of those key preventive services, and I'll mention a few of them here. You know, fluoride varnishes, even on adults. I know that's something that's not covered by insurance. So often if they don't understand the benefit, they're quick to say, I don't want it. It's not covered. So um, that is one example of how with a little bit of coaching and a little bit of review, if you will, of what the most current research is showing us, we can have a provider go from less than 10% acceptance of fluoride to greater than 90% from one day to the next. It really doesn't take much at all to have a dramatic impact on just that one specific service. There's a whole host of other services that we're talking about here, and that can be sealants, um, even sealants on adults, um, which the ADA supports, by the way. This is not us just making stuff up. The ADA actually suggests that that's a viable procedure given current uh, materials that we have and, and the retention rates of sealants. Other examples would be desensitizing agents and, and uh, preventive radiographs, you know, things that if we don't present it the right way, patients may be quick to decline. So all of these services, when they're put together, have the potential to be a very powerful um, increase to hygiene. In fact, we're seeing evidence of that come in uh, almost on a daily basis because that's another thing that we ask hygiene providers to do is to track and measure their success with some of these preventive initiatives when we just begin with the program. So I was reviewing some of those reports just yesterday and we had one provider that was able to do uh, 14 sealants in one day. You know, that's more than $600 worth of sealants in one day and that's, that's just commonplace. It's happening all, all over uh, the place. You know, it doesn't that, and that's not our record. You know, we have some providers that are doing 36 sealants in one day. One provider did 80 or more sealants in one day. So that's just phenomenal. You know, those aren't going to happen every day, sealant days like that. But if we can have a few here and a few there, uh, the patients are served better, our productivity increases, and everybody wins in that scenario. So, you know, given the fact that we live in a high-carb uh, on-the-go express lane worlds, you know, patients' diets are, are very high in sugars, they're very high in sodas and other energy drinks, if you will, coffees that are, are loaded with sugar. What was that? Low pH drinks, yeah. Yes, very much so. And, and you know, anything that will lower the pH of, of the, the oral environment is what causes the process of demineralization to, to begin. So we have patients that the ADA considers to be very high risk, and they may not know this. So that's another component that we add to the mix when we talk about maximizing our role as a preventive therapist. We have several tools that we've created to help them more effectively do a risk assessment on every patient and begin that conversation so that the patient becomes more interested and engaged in exploring their preventive options. So it's all part of the big picture, right? And at the end of the day, we can be very happy knowing that the patients are receiving a level of service that we all can be proud of that also, by the way, uh, has a powerful and, and profitable impact on our, our hygiene production. 
most patients, when given the opportunity to do something um, preventive, when they understand what the what the value is and what the benefit is, most patients will go along with it. Most patients want that. Most patients are willing to spend the money on it. And by using the the, the systems that Wendy teaches, it really allows patients to it really cut cut into the chase. Is they they know how it's helpful, they know how it's done, and then the, the, the only thing that has to be dealt with is the finances. So, and usually these are not high dollar items, and, they're, and so usually the finances are not a huge hurdle. Uh, usually it's, that, that's kind of an easy one to get over. So it's pretty amazing the, the transformation that can happen in practices really quickly. Yeah, it is. It's powerful. And, you know, there's another phrase, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And so that's another powerful component that we teach is how to present these services to patients in such a way, like you said, Dr. John, that, that they get excited about. Um, and we don't want them feeling pushed or oversold either. You know, there's a, a, a misperception, if you will, about, you know, if we're doing two or $3,000 a day in hygiene, we're pushing our patients to do things that they're not interested in. And that's not true. You know, our approach is, is very sensitive to the fact that nobody wants to feel pushed or sold into anything that they may not have an interest in. So. Uh, it goes down to, okay, here's the services that we should be providing, here's the science that supports us providing that, and how can we guide the conversation to gain acceptance from the patient? You know, that's a, a very critical component of what we teach as well. None of us likes to be sold, but we all buy things every day. And so the, the, the system that Wendy teaches really allows you to, to, you know, make that shift from making it possible for people to make an informed buying decision um, without them feeling sold. Exactly right. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> That's good. That reminds me of uh, uh, Joe Polish's video on is selling evil, and a lot of people think selling is evil, and it's hard for uh, hard to make that sale, and people don't want to buy things. But we're actually out there persuading people every day. We're telling them about a video or a movie that we just saw in the theaters, and you're just uh, you're helping educate people and make the best decision for their health. Exactly. Yeah. And, and again, at the end of the day, um, you know, if they didn't want your opinion, if they didn't want to know what would benefit them, they probably wouldn't be in your chair in the first place. So it's part of our critical role is, as their service provider to let them know what we see. Right. Good point. All right. Any other uh, questions on preventative uh, hygiene? Well, you know, maybe I should cover one last thing, which is how much of a difference can it really make? You know, how much uh, of an impact can it really have at the end of the day on productivity? And we've seen this to be very profound. Just like you said, Dr. John, you know, your hygienists were already doing some fairly amazing things. And just by changing the focus and working on some verbal skills with additional preventive services, they were able to see a $40,000 jump from one month to the next. And it's not uncommon that we see that. I know it may be difficult to believe that we can double hygiene production, but we do that quite consistently um, by focusing on these preventive services. We see hygiene providers that were seven, eight hundred dollars a day to begin go to fourteen, sixteen hundred dollars a day easily. Uh, we have hygiene providers that are starting at two thousand dollars a day, go up to three thousand dollars a day. So it really depends on where you're beginning, but it's not uncommon to see a forty to fifty percent jump sometimes even up to 150 or 200 percent jump with the really talented uh, providers. Um, it's not uncommon to see that and it may seem like it's it's too good to be true but it is and we see it consistently. 
what's really fun is to to see the emails, Jeremy, that come in because you'll have have people writing in. You won't believe what I did today, you know. And people that 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 uh, our coaching team has been out to see, you know, they they write us these e emails. And it's so cool because they're so excited, you know. They 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 talk about how their day has been transformed. They talk about all the people that they were able to help. That without the the verbal skills and the treatment protocols and uh, and the system, really, they wouldn't have been able to do it. And so they're, they're they're always really exciting. Those those emails are so gratifying. Oh yeah, we love it. We we love to celebrate right along with the people that are are making those efforts to serve their patients better every day. So, you know, it's it's really rewarding. And hygienists too, they say, you know, I've never been more energized. I I love what I do again, and uh, it's fun practicing hygiene. So, it's it's powerful what can happen. Yeah, I was going to say that's got to be a great team builder for a hygienist where they feel like they have more responsibility, more opportunity more contribution to the practice has got to be a great motivator as well. Absolutely. Yeah. People people want to be challenged at work. They want to they want to feel like they're accomplishing something of value. And I think that's one of the reasons why in dentistry burnout can be a little high is because we lose that feeling of of being challenged and this is something that that brings that back. Focusing on really maximizing our three roles helps to bring back some of that challenge and uh, competition, you know, a little bit. We can I compete with myself every day. You know, to see if I can beat previous records and those types of things. So it makes it fun. Awesome. Awesome. There's a, a, a natural gap between where people want to be and where they are. Um, and I think burnout happens when that gap is left unaddressed for a long time. You know, you, you don't see people that are doing well, that are growing, that are expanding. You don't see them burn out, although that's kind of the, the myth, the people that are working hard and are very productive burnout. That's not why I see burnout. It's the people who are not making progress on closing that gap between where they think they should be and where they are. Those are the people that tend to burn out. When they get stuck in that place for long enough, uh, they start to, to lose interest and lose hope, really. And, and I think that that's more than anything else, that's really what burnout is, is a loss of hope that I have the skills and the tools to, to make it better. Great. Okay, well, we're running out of time uh, this week. I think next week we're going to be talking about uh, periodontist uh, therapy or yeah. being a therapist. All right. So, all right. Thanks for being here with us, Wendy, on this uh, League of Dentists podcast. We'll you talk bet. to you uh, next me. week. Fantastic. Thanks, thanks, thanks so much. Thanks, Jeremy.